Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome back to episode 4 of Solo Addiction Wrestling. It's hard to believe I've been doing this for almost a month now. Four whole weeks of you having to hear my voice. Anyway, I hope you guys had a great week. Um, I know there were some audio issues last week midway through the episode. Um, there is a redone version now up. Um, it's also up on the YouTube channel at Solid Addiction Wrestling. Um, you gotta love the audio world hiding issues halfway through an episode, right? But anyway, how was your week? Um, I just did, you know, the fun adulting stuff, worked on my other projects, all the fun stuff. But I think this week we're gonna look at the reasons I think the Attitude Era was such a big thing. But first, let's go ahead and get into some news. Um, so the only really thing I saw this week that really caught my eye was I saw that Ember Moon was saying uh, Dana Brooke took her uh, one of her moves. It's like a tornado suplex thing off the second rope. Uh, here's my opinion on that. Now I will say I do see both sides, but now with how long wrestling has been around, uh, do you really think anyone technically owns a move? I mean, you may have a variation with a name on it, but I mean, it's still technically not your move. That move, you know, seeded and grew from somewhere. Um, now, I understand people like have the same style move sets, and if you make a version of it yourself, you know, someone shouldn't completely rip that off. But I mean, you're seeing it everywhere now. Kevin Owens is using the stunner. I mean, people use the spear religiously. Um, you know, everything. I mean, um, I've seen people use the unprettier from Christian. I mean, some people even have their respect of, you know, they go along the lines of asking people if they can use it. But, you know, I guess it all depends on who the person is. Um, that's me. I just, I, I just think it should be left alone, you know. I mean, as long as they ain't ripping it off like exact copy of the boot set then you can't really say that you own it but anyway go ahead and get into some questions now I only have three this week um, the one is are you going to talk about more in depth wrestling news I know there's a lot out there um, as far as uh, I guess you mean maybe more personal lives if that's what you mean then no I am not going to get into the personal lives of any of them. This is a wrestling podcast. Um, when I look up things about Glenn Jacobs, I'm not going to talk about Glenn Jacobs. I'm talking about Kane. Kane is a wrestler. Glenn Jacobs is not the wrestler. Yeah, I'm not going to go and yeah, I'm focusing on the persona that these people have made and things that they do in the wrestling business, not what they do at home, what they ate last week, or oh my God, they went to Walmart. You know, they're outside of that. They are normal people and they have normal lives. And if they want something out there, then they'll put it out there. So if I'm not going to add fuel to that fire. The next one is, how do you feel about Ricochet being champ? Um, I love it. He's got his big match now with AJ Styles coming up with Extreme Rules. I really hope they don't give the title back to AJ. I don't want to see him United States champion again. Nothing against him. I love AJ, but it's Ricochet's third. He's only had it for, what, a couple weeks now. Hopefully they leave that alone. My third mat, or question is going to be favorite tag team. Uh, my favorite tag team, I mean, it's, it's going to span from probably, I mean, I, I've always been a huge high flyer fan, so I mean, it's probably going to be the Hardy Boys, but if you go into more of a, like a bigger powerhouse team, I'm probably going to go 
the Brothers of Destruction. Or if I mean, if you want to go far as stable, then I'm probably going to have to pick up. Most people pick probably DX. Those guys I thought were really uh, hilarious. Um, I did watch Raw this week. I didn't get to watch SmackDown. <laughs> Funny thing, two weeks in a row I haven't watched SmackDown. I'm slacking. Um, Raw was, like I said last week, I thought it was great. And this week, it was okay. That's why I didn't hype a bunch of it up. I, I when Mysterio came back, I almost thought that they were gonna put Samoa Joe out there again, and I did not want any part to do with that. Um, I'd like to see him and Ricochet maybe do something here soon. That'd be kind of cool with you know AJ taking back up with the club and stuff. But I uh, was seeing Cedric, uh, Cedric Alexander come back. That was kind of different. I wouldn't really expect on that because you know they had the whole uh, janitor thing came out there with the hurt leg, offered the dude five thousand dollars to wrestle. And then he wasn't supposed to actually get in the ring. And they did. And he busted out his stuff and unveiled his mask, and it was Cedric Alexander. Um, I mean, I'd probably give Raw probably a solid five or six. It wasn't great. It wasn't too bad. I'm really hoping for some some big winners out of uh, Extreme Rules this Sunday. But further and further uh, more, we'll go ahead and get into the next thing. We've all got some catching up to do, so let's check in with Where Are They Now? So this week on the uh, Where Are We Now, uh, we're going to be looking at Kevin Nash, Lita, and Jerry Lynn. Sure, by remembers Kevin Nash, um, Diesel, whatever you want to call him. I mean, he's had a million names. Um, he's now 60 years old. That's hard to believe. I didn't think that he was, I mean, I think maybe late 40s, maybe mid-50s in that range. Uh, yeah, 60 years old now. He's uh, still married to his wife. They've been together since 1988. I'm glad to see that he's actually kept his relationship healthy and alive. Um, he's now actually showing up on the independent circuits again, which I thought he was not wrestling at all because I'm pretty sure he had some kind of like heart um, condition. But he's still so showed up on the independent scenes. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how much he's doing. Um, he's actually still with WWE too under a Legends contract, which a lot of them seem to be that they are. As far as doing anything big, I don't think he's doing anything like that. Probably just relaxing. Uh, the next one we're looking at is Lita. Sure, everybody remembered Lita. She was a huge part of the uh, Attitude Era. Uh, she actually, hard to believe that, to think about, she actually showed up in Extreme Championship Wrestling, ECW, whatever you want to call it, for 19, in 1999 for a little bit. And then she debuted on Raw with Team Extreme in 2000, which I'm sure everybody remember the thing her and Matt Hardy had. Um, she... Her and her status are still really good friends. Um, she left in 2006. And then she returned to the independent scenes for in 2007. And then came back to WWE in two, or 2010, 2012. 
She actually got inducted to the Hall of Fame in 2014. Bet she's uh, wrestled or helped kind of train and produce some things and did a little bit of wrestling in 2018. And then she's done some music stuff with her band, which I can't remember exactly what it was called, the, the Lucha Gores or something like that. Um, I think they released one album. I never personally heard it. But I was always a huge fan of Lita. Uh, I think the last time I personally saw her was in the all women's pay per view. It was like Evolution. When a bunch of them came back. And the last one we're going to look at is Jerry Lynn. Um, or Jeremy Lynn, whatever you want to call him. Um, he's, he's only 56 years old. He did a big role in uh, ECW. He started broke in in 1988. Um, he was in WCW from 1995 to 1997. Then in 1997 to 1999, he did his run in um, w, or, uh, ECW. He's most remembered for feuding with Rob Van Dam in the World Heavyweight Championship from 99 to 01. Then he had a few on and off years with uh, WBF um, in 89, 95, 97, and then 2001 and 2002. And then he went on the All-Stars from 2002 to 2003. Stayed in TNA from 02 to 07. Then went back to Independence of Ring of Honor from 08 to 2011 and 2012. Then went back to TNA. Man, this dude's been all over the place. From 2010 to 2013. And then he actually went back to Ring of Honor in 2014, and he's still currently there. Sometimes, like, some of you guys I didn't even know wrestling. Seems like I might have to look into Ring of Honor some time. I miss seeing a lot of these old faces. I mean, he has a retirement thing of 2013, but I don't know, I'm not too sure what that's about. Um, he may just be doing kind of like show-ups or something for our uh, Ring of Honor. I don't know if he's actually wrestling. Like I said, I don't watch it. But I think that's going to do it all for these. Um, if there's anybody that you guys want to know about or, you, like I said, you have any other ideas, and if you're enjoying this podcast, um, please like, comment, subscribe. Help us change the things. You can uh, email any ideas you have to Solid Addiction Wrestling Projects with an S at gmail.com uh, any feedback would be appreciated we're trying to change this thing around and get things better help it get you guys some better different wrestling audio out there said so you can still find this on YouTube at Solid Addiction Wrestling um, Spotify Google Podcasts uh, Radio Public Anchor and a few others like I said if you listen to anywhere else, you can search us. We may be there. We're still working on the uh, um, iTunes or Apple podcast. So hopefully we'll get that out there soon. But we'll go ahead and get into the main topic of why I thought the Attitude Era was such a big moment. So this episode is probably going to be a little bit shorter. I'm running out a little bit of time. and I only had a, a small window here to get everything recorded and set up. So I have 9,000 other projects going on. But my main thing of let's, of why the Attitude Era was such a big moment. What do you got to think about this? The Attitude Era started in what's like 
like technically like 98 or so, 97, somewhere in there. Whenever WCW was going in there, I mean, you might have to fact check me a little bit. I might be a couple years off. Try to do this all off the top of my head. But, like I said, they come in when, you know, WCW comes in. I'm sure everybody's heard of the 83 weeks, which, I mean, Eric Bischoff there lives that down, and you see where he ended up. But, <laughs> um, 83 weeks, they were losing ratings. And WWE, actually, I heard on uh, Jim Ross' podcast the other day that they were actually almost for real, like, getting ready to file for bankruptcy. So, really, what options did they have? You know, they started letting creative freedom. And I think that's one of the best things they could have ever done, just hoping for that one shot, and it actually worked. You know, that's where we got The Rock from. We got Stone Cold Steve Austin. We got Kane, which, I mean, there's a lot of factors in there, too, that, you know, how they ended up with each other or stuff like that. But they came into a time where they were losing. I said about the file bankruptcy. So I think the biggest thing was at the time, they let the people have their creative freedom and take over. And that really pulled the edge out of people. I think people were getting tired of, you know, seeming stale. They weren't happy with the product, you know, kind of like it is now. People aren't happy, and you're starting to see the edge of your thing come back. But back then, they didn't really know that's what worked. And you also got to realize back then, they could get away with a lot more than they can get away with now. Because I know some of us... I mean, it's not a knock on anyone. I know some of us diehard Attitude Era wrestling fans, and I'm included in that. Love the more edgier stuff of, you know, if somebody said, you know, shit, or told someone to shut the hell up. It, it gave more of that, a real grasp to it, you know. There was people back then that we could hold on to and believe, and there was so much, I know I've said this you know, a thousand times, but... There was so much blurred between that line of what real and fake was because, you know, you had Mankind flying off the top of a cage. You had Stone Cold going off on his boss and, you know, punching the owner of WWF in the face. And, you know, everybody's probably placing blame on, you know, Vince McMahon for the stale product back then. So when Stone Cold came out and kind of putting a hold on that and people started seeing it changing, I think that's when people started reeling back in because you know you were you were kind of just like living what you probably wanted to do to your own boss through Stone Cold you know there was a reason to to watch it you know nobody else can you know walk up to the boss as much as they want to and sock them in the face or flip them off or you know cover them with beer and pull out a milk truck and soak them or a beer truck faint a kernel you know like I said it was just that thing that could pull people in I think it's what had the biggest impact on everybody. You know, you could tune in the raw, and that's a, you know, that's a, my thing too that I talked about. I, know, I keep tripping over my own words here, but people, the whole competition thing I was talking about, people were tuning back and forwards too. Once you know, both of them got some little bit of heat behind them, a little bit of momentum. They were actually able to, you know, run off each other. If they would do that, you know, AEW, then would be fine. But they got into that, and, you know, WCW got the trouble to uh, the point where they started losing, you know, their ratings. And then, you know, eventually they went down, and, you know, Dota B still was running off of the things they were. I mean, they were even having things all the way from, I mean, you remember the Invasion series? 
Uh, they had DX going and pretty much knocking on WWS or uh, WCW's front door. Now that was making people, you know, excited because they were wanting to tune in next week to see if they were going to get in trouble or if WCW and somebody like was going to get their ass beat. They they had excitement, and that's what I think it was. You know, the the creative freedom, the excitement of the they didn't know what was going to happen. It's what we're lacking these days. I mean, Raw now is so predictable. You know, you're going to see the same feuds. You're going to see the same whatever. Whatever it may be. But, you know, we, we don't have that now. You know, there's another thing there, too. I mean, we, all, we also had like that kind of like a real, like, fight aspect to it. I mean, I know, like, now with what we know with concussions and everything, and I completely understand safety's got to be the biggest thing. But when they were going out there and, you know, throwing themselves through flaming tables and steel chairs with barbed wire wrapped around them and you had mankind out there chewing on barbed wire cutting his mouth all up and you know it was real everybody knew that was real I mean uh, like I said I know the safety thing has got to be factored in but I mean sadly in the entertainment business that's that's what people like that's you know that's the reason you know action movies are so successful or or, uh, more aggressive TV shows or successful because I mean the way it is I mean it's human nature people like that stuff you know they don't expect you to go out there and just wrestle the whole time you know basic matches that are you know just being thrown around you roll around the you know mad a couple times maybe a couple big moves but I mean if they can find a way now to bring back that with a more safer way I mean regardless wrestling isn't as safe as everyone thinks it is I mean, you could try to make it safe, but you're still taking big bumps and you have to land right and this and that, all that stuff that factors into it. That's uh, that's going to be my main point. I don't think there's huge reasoning other than those three main points. Like I said, more creative freedom, more, a little bit more, I guess, violence, if you will. I mean, and the creativity thing. I think that's really what kept the Attitude Era alive for as long as it did. They once TVs came back and they wanted more PG stuff and they wanted more family friendly oriented. I mean, sadly, that's what's killing the wrestling business. Cause I mean, I was a kid when the Attitude Era was going on. I was eight years old when it started. Seven, somewhere in there. And I'm fine. I mean, you got to understand it's still TV. And, you know, you can do all your precautions and stuff, telling people, of, you know, not to try at home and stuff like that. I mean, that's fine, but, you know, I think you need to take away the PG era and label it back as wrestling. We call them, you know, superstars or whatever. They're talent, they're wrestlers, they're athletes. And everybody that, you know, I've heard Jim Ross say it, I've heard Jim Cornette say it, I've heard millions of people say it. But just nobody listens, so... I think that's why the Attitude Era is what it is and will always be the most talked about thing in the business. But sorry for the short episode, guys. We'll be back to regular next week. A little bit more prepared, but I did want to get something out there. Um, I said, if you guys enjoy it, have any comments, suggestions, or anything, send them all to Solid Addiction Wrestling, or you can even go on our Instagram page, Solid Addiction Wrestling. Send us a direct message. We'll get back with you. But until next week, guys, remember, we saw it first.